It's positive spark plug time and I'm your host Candace. and well this episode is for all of you entrepreneurs out there or any of you guys with a side hustle or just creating fun business without within your passions. This episode we have Phil with us and he shares his journey of creating billionaires and boxers a company that connects and networks worldwide and helps bring people together within trading services within connecting and building empires and podcasts all around the world he has tv shows and he shares tips and tricks on how to get yourself moving within your journey this episode is so much fun it was such a blast talking with phil i loved hearing his stories and his journey and learning how i can create more impact within my own life and my own business so that i can create better impact within the world and how i want to bring my services this is a awesome podcast and i hope you guys enjoy it so let's get to it Hello, Phil. How are you? I'm very well. Very, very good. How about you? I am great. I am pumped for today's conversation. I'm excited to learn all about you and what you're doing to impact the world, inspire it, and empower uh, entrepreneurs and just really help um, people succeed and become, you know, their fullest potential. So I'm really, really excited uh, to learn about you. So thank you for joining the Positive Spark Plug podcast. You're most welcome. And it's uh, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. So that's, uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Yes, I'm so excited. So you have a, it's a company, I believe, that works around networking, uh, podcasting, videos, all of this kind of stuff that helps entrepreneurs really just get their names out there, reaching people, connecting with people. It's called Billionaires for Boxers, correct? Billionaires in Boxers billionaires in boxers yeah awesome awesome i want to dive into that but i want to get to know you a little bit more so Mm. my first question is what are your three favorite emojis or the three emojis that best describe you and why that's a good question so i probably have to go with the three that i use the most often um so i do the 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 hand signal thing i don't even know what you call this thing so the like the the thumbs up with the with the little thing with the pinky and the thumb i use that all the time um i use fist bump all the time and not surprisingly i use the microphone emoji all the time Um, Um, i use that a lot Uh, and i usually use that one when people message me and i'm on a podcast so rather than say i'm on a podcast i just send them a picture of the mic and they go okay we know where he is That is awesome. I never even thought of that. That is a good idea. I like that. I like that. So another question about you, what brought you into wanting to help 
build this company or create this company to help entrepreneurs get their names out there? Was it something that you have always dreamed of? Have you always been an entrepreneur your own self? Has it been Mm -hmm. a journey that has kind of snuck up on you or has it been a journey that you've created yourself? It's a journey that up until I'd say the last five or six years actually just seemed like a random sequence of events. Nothing, nothing ever seemed connected at all. Um, and then suddenly one day it was like the universe collided all of my paths and just went, Oh, there it is. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so to kind of give you an idea, my, I've had several careers um, and well, they're all very successful, but they were all very different. So uh, as far as I was concerned, my career was going to be, in soccer that was it right um i was a i was a relatively talented player um played professionally and uh played in in the for a premier league team and then moved over to central europe and played there for a few years Uh, and as far as i was concerned my career was going to be i'm going to play the game until my mid-30s then i'm going to do my coaching badges then when i'm too old and don't want to coach anymore i'm going to become a football pundit on tv that was my that was my career mapped out for me for like the next 50 years. Uh, And then in my early 20s, I got medically retired um, with a busted up shin bone. They basically said my shin bone has the consistency of dried spaghetti. So uh, yeah, dude. So that was the end of that career. So I, I then thought, well, I'll do the next bit then, right? So I went into coaching and I did my coaching badges. And I really hated it. Um, I guess the, the best way to describe it, and I use this, this analogy a lot, is to say it was kind of like a recovering alcoholic working in a bar, right? I didn't want to be on the sidelines. I wanted to be on the field. So there was nothing worse than kind of being stood there pitch side, like having to coach when all I wanted to do was do, you know? I didn't want to be yeah. showing people how to do it. I wanted to be doing it. Um, so I needed to get away from it. So I went and did a, a qualification with the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors and became a qualified surveyor. Um valuation surveying so the numbers stuff so if you want to kind of think about what my job was my job was to tell large companies how much they could afford to spend on a plot of land how much it was going to cost them to develop it what kind of yield and percentage returns they could expect from their investment and it was all very much the construction side of things Um, got involved in the building of some sports stadia which is pretty cool and again back in the sports world um and then kind of grew to, to board level relatively quickly and had a very successful career, worked with the likes of Jones Lang LaSalle, CBRE, Keller Williams, C, so some very big brands. And um, and then my wife, who I'd actually met in South Africa, felt pregnant. And we decided, well, I don't want to be traveling all over the world anymore when my wife's pregnant. I mean, not least of all, because I'd moved her 9,000 kilometers away from her family in South Africa to the UK, and I was never here. Yeah. So... Um, we decided I was going to set up my consultancy and rather naively, I kind of thought that because I was quite well known, the phone would just ring. Right. And there'd be people <laughs> laughing at this already. Cause I, that's how naive I was. I was like, well, people know me, right. We get into the win business. Um, and it really wasn't, um, you know, I had two clients for a long time and those clients were, one of them was my former employer who actually kept my work email open. So it just felt like working from home. Um, <laughs> And the other one was a competitor of mine who freely admitted that the only reason they were working with me was because they were sick of being on the losing end. Um, mm-hmm. So I couldn't win clients. I was I was burning through thousands of dollars in Facebook ads and Google ads. I was degrading myself with cold calling and telemarketing. I was spamming people on LinkedIn. Like nothing was working at all. In fact, I was 
doing more damage to my reputation than I was actually winning anything. But what I'd done during the, my time in the corporate world is I'd actually, to keep my foot in the sports camp, I'd actually grown and then later sold two sports podcasting networks. So this is probably first one was maybe like 13 years ago or something like that. So right back at the beginning of podcasting where, you know, if you invited somebody on as a podcast guest, like it was like you're inviting them in for a police interrogation. <laughs> it was like, who are you? What do you want? Do you work for the IRS? And it's like, no, I'm not a really clever auditor, dude. I'm trying to learn about your business, you know? Yeah. Um, so one day I had this epiphany. I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, I wonder if I can use podcasting for business because in the world of sport, it had got me tickets to the Super Bowl, to the Champions League final. It what? got me on... I mean, we were in the press box for every major football association. There wasn't a manager or a player that I couldn't interview with our fan podcast. Uh -huh. So it was like, I wonder if I can do this for business. So started off with this really, really primitive strategy, which was just list the hundred, hundred companies that I'd love to work with and invite each of their CEOs onto a podcast. Not to sell them anything, just to do two things. Number one, see who you resonate with, right? Because I'm a big, I'm sure we'll touch on this, but I'm a big believer in your vibe attracts your tribe. You should only work with people who you resonate with, who you're energized by. So yes. if, that, if that doesn't fit, then do you do both of you a favor and just say no, right? Thanks, yep. Nancy Reagan, but just say no, okay? Um, the second part of that was, you know, if I wanted to know what was going on in the mind of the leaders in my industry, what a better way to find out than to ask them. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So fast forward three months, I'm still awake in the middle of the night with my head in my hands, but now it's because I'm pretty sure I've bitten off more than I can chew. We've scaled in the space of three months from just me with no money to 21 of us full-time globally delivering this work. We wow. were winning official partnerships with federations, professional bodies. Like we, we had more business and money than we knew what to do with. And, and actually we're in danger of going the other way now and damaging our reputation by having said yes to too much work. Too much. Um, so grew and exited two professional services agencies uh, using podcasting to scale them and then actually found the purchase, purchase for both of those companies on a podcast. So podcasting was pretty cool for me. Um, it led to things like TV series, international keynote speaking gigs. Business just became fun, right? Which I'm a firm believer in it's supposed to be fun. Yes. So yeah. about six or seven years ago now, people started to come to us and be like, hey, can you teach us that bit? Like, can you teach us how you did that? Because like, how did a business of your size win that global federation exclusively? How... How was it you that the British government were paying to go over to China to go and speak on the same stage as Zuckerberg that you were then winning business from? How did you do that? And, it, and I got sick of giving the same answer, which was, I met them on a podcast. I met them on a podcast. Yeah, I met them on a podcast. And it's like, okay, I'm so sick of saying this now. I'm just going to have to show people how to do this. Yeah. Um, but as anybody who's ever worked in coaching will tell you, the next question after you've taught somebody how to do something is, hey, can you do this for me? <laughs> Um, so that's where the service side of our business came from. So fast forward to today, um, we are ranked as the number one podcast publicist for businesses globally, top 100 podcaster. Uh, we do podcast publicity for around a hundred current and future industry leaders a year. Um, we won't do any more than that. I mean, and even just that side of the business will be sort of five, $6 million revenue. 
Um, we have a great team of people that work for us internationally. We're into our second season of our TV show. Uh, the podcast gets 350,000 subscribers plus airs on two global radio stations that repurpose our content. And if I'm honest, um, I work four day weeks and have a lot of fun. I work Monday, Tuesdays, Thursday, Fridays, love what I do, have a great family, have a great life, love the people I work with, love what we do and have an incredible team around me. So podcasting literally changed my life. It not only changed my business, it, it changed every aspect of my life. Oh my God. Oh, I just got goosebumps. That is amazing. I, for one, I got goosebumps because I'm so pumped for you. I, I love seeing people succeed and especially when they're doing it from such an authentic and, and honest place and they're doing it for fun and happiness and joy for mm -hmm. themselves, but it's also helping people and bringing joy and excitement and, and, you know, moving people and shifting people in their life. And, oh, mm -hmm. so yes. And I just love podcasting myself. So that's just, I love that story. That was exciting. Good. There's so much to dive into there though. Sure. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> First off, I want to talk about um, support and you, you, you were mentioning, I definitely want to get into it because um, mm. I talked to uh, one of your team members, Holly. So I know you yep. have a team with you in this, yep. uh, the, this business. How important was it for you to create a, a solid foundation of a team that's going to help you within your mission? Um, moving forward and and how did you like feel them out like you said their vibe attracts your tribe so what did you put out there within yourself to help you mm. get your team it's a good question so i think there's just two sides to answer that right so the first one is because it actually applies to both my team and also what we do as a business so um i always say business is a team sport and one of the mistakes that a lot of entrepreneurs make, and, and, I, and I can speak from experience because it's a mistake that I made too with my first business, is that you try and wear all these hats, right? You try and do all these things yourself. So you're really good at your bit, but here you are watching a, you know, again, speaking from personal experience, watching like a four hour long YouTube video on how to create a WordPress site. And it's yes. like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I don't <laughs> need to be like, this isn't my bit. So even when we had no money to kind of do do that business i would always do a trade like so few people do this and, and i don't understand why um so i would go to a website developer and i'd say look i need a wordpress site i need something sexy that's going to convert when people land on it but i got no money what i do have is <laughs> sound like liam neeson a particular set of skills no what, what i do have is i'm really good at the publicity side of things right yes. so i you know rather than paying you like three grand for a website, how about I give you three grand's worth of bookings and appointments that could likely turn into 10, 20, 30, $40,000 worth of revenue for you? What do you say? Yeah. And it was like, well, that's a no brainer for us because we've already got the templates ready to go. So actually it's a really easy project for us. We can help, help you with this. You can help us. And, uh, and you end up kind of working with people in this like collaborative way and, and, you know, People often find this surprising, but, you know, multi-million dollar business, we don't do any paid advertising at all, at all. The, the vast majority of our podcasting will generate the leads. So since since the end of January, uh, we've generated just over 1,900 qualified leads for our services, and we do services for 100 people a year. Wow. Um, 
and the most of the people that we work with will come via partnerships and affiliates and, and people who we refer business to them. They refer business to us. In fact, with many of them, we actually have like a 10% referral thing going on where if we give business to them, we get 10% and vice versa. So we're actually making money off projects that we don't even work on just through making introductions to people. Yeah. Um, so that, and it's great because that, that allows us to network. But when it came to my team, um, look, I mean, it's the same principle, right? Like I, I wanted to surround myself with people who were just as good at their bit as I was at mine. Yes. And one of the really interesting things about my core team, so we've got quite a large extended team, but I'd say there's probably about 15 to 16 of us in the core team. And every single one of them asked me whether they could work for us, not the other way around. Every single one. Some of them I met on a podcast. Some of them were podcast guests. Others were people that I was connected with on LinkedIn that were seeing our content and would come to us and say, you're doing some really cool stuff. Like, how can I get involved? This is what I do. Um, and and I always used to take that as a real sign because I'm a big believer in that, you know, you meet people when you're supposed to and the universe puts, puts people in front of you when they're supposed to. Um, you know, people often find this a little bit weird about me, but I'm I don't make any logical decisions in my business at all. It's all based on feeling and intuition. If it feels right, I'll do it. If it doesn't, I won't. Um, so when I meet people and I get this vibe from them, you know, this works with clients and people who work with us directly and partners for that matter. But my attitude is almost, a, I like you, we should do business together. And then we work out what it is that they do and what it, and, and when you're in that state of flow, you know, you'll be like, you know what I could really do with, I could really do with somebody who understands television production. Cause I mean, at the minute we do 250 hours worth of uh, television content for 15 satellite networks globally each month. And, you know, it was like, okay, we could really do with a television producer who understands this bit. Cause I understand the creative bit and they understand yeah. the distribution bit, but we're missing that producer. Then the next thing, somebody's on the phone to me going, Phil, I really like you. We should do business together. I don't know whether you've got any use for me. I've been 20 years in television production and I do this and it's like, there we go. Hello. The universe has provided. So yes, that's exactly what I need. Let's, let's do this. And the fun thing is, and this is a little fun fact. Sometimes these people turn up before I've even realized we need it. So somebody will turn up and they'll be like, well, we specialize in cryptocurrency for overseas trading. And it was like, I don't get involved in crypto, dude. I don't, I don't know anything about that. And the next thing I get an email from our company in Panama saying, did you know that we can now accept cryptocurrency as payment? And it's like, Oh, I know someone that does that. Wow. <laughs> um, and it's, it's so fun how this stuff comes together. But yeah, for me, it's all about focus on the bit that you're best at and then surround yourself both internally and externally with people who are just as good at their bit. And not only will business be more fun, but you will be very, very successful with it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love that. I love that. Within, within creating your team and, and people that you work with, you know, finding your, your flow. And I love that you go with feelings, intuition. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have an off feeling or an intuition that says, you know, that it's not a good deal, or maybe let's not work with this person. How mm -hmm. do you set those boundaries or how do you say no without really having to, you know, give reason or an excuse? You just, you know, that's just your feeling, that's your vibe, because that's, like you said, mm. you're, it's not very logical. So if somebody was to be like, oh, well, why? 
what would your answer be or how would you go about saying no to maybe working with somebody that's asking? I always find that honesty is the best policy. So I'll typically try and give them, sometimes when you say no to people, they think what you're actually saying is come back with a better offer. So then they come back with more money or something. And it's like, no, no, I really meant no, like no means no. So, yes. so for me, I, I, I put it back into their perspective. So if, if somebody wanted to work with us and I didn't feel it was right, I would say, look, here's a couple of things I'm thinking and here's what I'm going to do for you. Okay. I'm, I like what you're doing, but I don't want to work with you on this. Now that's not a personal thing. It just doesn't feel right. I can't even put my finger on what that is. It just, it doesn't feel right for me. And actually from your perspective, if I'm not feeling it, you don't want to work with me anyway, because to get the best out of me, you want me to love what you do and really be behind it. And if I'm not, if I'm just going through the motions and that's not fair on either of us, but what I will do, because I believe in you and I believe in what you're doing, I just don't want to be the guy that does it is let me make a couple of introductions to you to people that I think might actually be able to help you and might be able to take you forward. And then, you know, you're, you're still moving that little bit further down the line. If I can give you some advice, if you have any questions for me, you know, here's your opportunity, ask them and I'll give you some answers. It's not that I don't like you. It's just, it doesn't feel like right now is the right time. Maybe in the future it will be, but not at the moment. Yes. I like that. I love that you're, you're not so much of just like a, a hard no. If you have the opportunity to help somebody still in some sort of way, even if it's not, like you said, a, a, a vibe that you're willing to want to put your action or your your intention or time into, you're still mm -hmm. willing to, you know, reach out and, you know, grab your connections and say, hey, maybe you two would work well together and maybe he'll have the time and he'll really vibe with it. That's that's amazing. That is so... Well, one, one of the things that I would say is, is, is just as... And I came from a, a single parent family on benefits, right? So money was not a language that I spoke I had to learn this language and I some people won't like this because it's they'll they'll kind of pull a bit of a face at it but I love money like I still do that Jerry Maguire show me the money dance on like a weekly basis like I, <laughs> I love it right I love that we're paid well for what we do I love even more that our clients love what we do I love even more that even though sometimes I'm like, we charge a lot of money for what we do. People are like, this is so worth it. It's my favorite invoice to pay. We get so much. So like, I love that. Right. Yes. But the thing that's equally as important as money is karma, karma and positive frequency. Right. So if I can help someone in their path, I don't know when that person's going to come back to me. It may well be that they come back to me and I make money directly. It may well be that in a couple of years, a couple of weeks, a couple of hours, they introduce me to somebody that I end up doing even more business with that unlocks that next level. Or it could just be that the universe is going to sort me out at some point. So I still go on to things like um, you know, Facebook groups where there's lots of coaches and small business owners and they're answering questions. And I'll give honest answers and try and give people feedback. You know, there's people in my Facebook message that I know it will never work with us in a million years, but I've given them, you know, 10, 15 minutes of audio notes that are going to help them move their business forward and help them to be more successful. Not yeah. because I expect anything back from them, but because it's kind of like me banking good, goodwill with the karma. Like I'm paying it forward with the universe. Yes. So at some point the universe will take care of me as a result. Yes. I, hundred percent I'm like that I'm the person that believes that like you're 
when you're a good person and you're doing good things, you do it no matter what, whether someone is giving you something back, whether mm-hmm. it is seen by anybody or nobody. If you're doing it for the right reasons, you're doing it because it's a it it's an it's an energy that you're both filling. I believe in between two people. Like I believe that's what, like you said, you're banking energy, like positive energy. Absolutely. But you're also filling someone else's energy that might be frustrated or drained or who knows, they might be on the verge of wanting to give up because you're so right. they have been looking for a solution for this for so long. And all of a sudden you're like, you know what, here, here's a connection. They're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, wow. I, I love that. And you know what? For, for me, it also comes from I'm aware that I am where I am today because people saw something in me and gave me a hand up that ladder. So I have a responsibility to turn around and help some more people up. Like, So it's it's not just a, I want to, but it's not just that I want to. It's also the fact that I'd actually be afraid not to because I kind of feel like the universe has rewarded me and put me in this position. If I abuse that position and I don't help those people, it can just as easily take it away again yes yes Uh, yeah i i i talk about i have a a mastermind and it's called the becoming selfful the self-flowing and it's really about helping people understand to fill their cups so that it's overflowing Mm -hmm. and it allows them to keep what's inside and to give and share and serve what's overflowing so they're not feeling drained they're not feeling stuck they're not feeling empty or they Mm -hmm. know how to fill themselves up again if they do start to feel drained I love that. I yeah, you're oh. I love the sound of it. I, like for me it's uh the more you give the more you get, right? So if I had $20 left on my name, I'm going to give away $10 of it cuz I know that that's going to encourage more to come. If I try and hold tight to that $20 and budget, I know that the message I'm putting out to the universe is I'm broken, I'm budgeting cuz I don't expect money to come. And if I don't expect money to come, it's not going to come. Yeah. Um so you know, it's it's about having the the faith in the process and and in yourself and you know, the other thing is that not everything is monetary, right? Like there are things that you, there are community projects that you can get involved in. You can enrich and improve people's lives without having a lot of money. The only thing that I've come to realize over the years is that the more money you have, the more people you can help. Um, so, you know, even if you're a very humanitarian type person, it's like, I just want to do good for the world. Well, yeah, but let's, let's just take like, um, you know, improving energy situations for people let's take that as a great example you can either be the person that walks around turning off light bulbs to reduce the energy bill or you can be person that makes the money so that you could give electricity to 100 million people for free right money is the difference between you being the person that turns off the light bulb and gives the person that gives them out to people and says don't worry about turning them off i'll take care of the bill yes yes it's it's almost kind of like not i don't want to because turning off the light bulb is an is action but it's like i don't it's almost kind of like filling out more of of taking the the easy way of helping Mm what you're wanting to like i don't want to say easy way either but you know it's the people playing small right yes people people are happy to play small and like i I never understand that it's like 
you know, it's the people that go, you know, you know it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> when you leave the corporate world to leave that job, the first thing everybody says to you is like, isn't that a risk? You yeah. Know, giving up your salary and, and you're like, well, point number one, if that company goes bust, I only had one salary. So now I'm now I'm in real trouble. Yeah. I have X amount of clients. If I lose one, I just go get another one. So actually I have less risk than you do, right? Is point number one. Point yeah. number two is I couldn't afford to just leave my corporate job until I'd started making money. So I ran a side project for six months beforehand. And I set myself a rule that said the very first time that I make more money from my side hustle than my salary for three months in a row, I resign and do it full time. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. It's like the word is is like proactive. Like it's being like reactive and proactive. Like, yeah, turning off the light is good, but you're being reactive to the situation of what's happening. We're going out and like you said, creating a way that you can provide the energy, the lights, Mm -hmm. the sources is being proactive. And just like what you're doing, like you are being proactive for people that know that they're going to need some sort of income before they leave their Mm -hmm. full-time corporate job is being proactive by finding some sort of side hustle that they do once they come home after five o'clock and the kids go to bed or the spouse goes out to the garage or goes downstairs to watch their show whatever it is (laughs) absolutely do you know what most people and this is probably an unpopular opinion most people could become millionaires just by stop watching netflix (laughs) right the time that you invest into a Netflix series, I mean, if you like, I, I like this series, so it's probably not a great example. Right? <laughs> but if you've watched every st- season of Stranger Things or you've watched the whole of Game of Thrones, you've already had the time to become a millionaire. You just chose to invest it somewhere else. Uh-huh. So how, okay, so I want to dive into that. So how, what, what if, so what if that time was like broken up? How do you, mm-hmm. how do you find, what if that's someone's type of play? Cause like you said, yeah, yeah. Uh, you play, you have fun. So how yeah, yeah. would that be? How would you incorporate for somebody that is wanting to become a billionaire, but is, you know, working their bum, like their butts off, they're trying mm-hmm. different avenues. They got try. they're, they're getting multiple incomes coming in. How would mm-hmm. somebody incorporate some sort of play, even if it is watching a Netflix series? Cause like you said, you like Netflix. There's yeah, yeah. I do. Like. I, I like documentaries. I love documentaries. So let me tell you a little bit about my, my structure. Cause I think this will probably answer a lot of those questions. Yes. Um, I doubled my revenue when I started working four day weeks. Um, So I work Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And the reason I do that is, is as you, anybody who worked in the corporate world will know Thursdays and Fridays are always your happiest days because they're closest to the weekend. Right. So I am always that feeling away from a day off Monday, Tuesday, I'm off on the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm off for two days of the weekend. Right. So I'm always almost having time for rest. So what that allows me to do is I don't have to leave anything in the tank because I know I've got another day to recover just around the corner. So Four days of Phil being able to give 100% is better than five days of Phil giving 50% trying to conserve some energy. So there's the best point one that I would say. Point two is that there are things that get put in my calendar before work. Those things are breakfast, lunch, and dinner with my family. Every soccer game that I want to watch. Every Wednesday so I can spend time with my children and every weekend so that nothing goes in there. You no, you can't touch it. There is like if if my team Liverpool decided to play in the middle of a day on a Monday, guess yep. what? There's no meetings. Like that's it. That because yeah. that's my time. That's what I do. So 
most people will do it the opposite way around, right? They'll put their work and their commitments in their calendar and they'll go, right, I've got a bit of time for some fun stuff here and a bit of time for some fun stuff here. And they're never really like fully engaged in it because work is dominating their life, right? Yes. Work does not dominate my life. My family and what I love to do dominates my life. Work just facilitates that lifestyle and fits around it. Yes. And, and I can get more out of myself that way. But I also want to stress it's by finding something that you love. Like I am energized by my work. Like my favorite thing to do is podcast and help people's businesses. So like my job, I love my job. It's like some days it's like, I can't believe I get paid to do this. This is so much fun. Um, and, you know, even being the connector, like being that connector is, is an interesting one, right? Because you're helping people's businesses. Sometimes I'm getting a slice of the pie, but Either way, you're helping people's businesses. Yeah. But what it's doing is it's creating more goodwill, more good feeling, more karma. You know, even if that person's not a client, they're like, well, Phil introduced me to this person and I made loads of money with them. So actually, I'm going to introduce these people to Phil and tell them how great a guy he is. So now there's more referrals and recommendations happening. So yeah. and even the people who I refer business to that do work with me it's going to sound awful, but they're not going to go anywhere. Like, why would they leave? Like they love what they're getting from me. They're getting introductions for me that, that, that are helping grow their business. And yeah. we're all part of this giant ecosystem together that we're all helping and referring stuff to each other's businesses. Like yeah. all I've done is put myself in the middle of that and gone, right. I'm the quarterback. I'm going to tell everyone else where they got to run and what they got to do. And everything from there is just going to fall straight into place. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about environment and creating a, a, a place of, you know, giving and safety. So you know that those, those people, if they come to you with a question about, you know, branching out or something, mm -hmm. like you said, you're not hoarding your connections thinking, oh my God, no. they have to be mine. Because if I, if I give this person, this person, well, then they might not be my connection. Well, no, now you just have multiple connections. Now all three of you connected. Now there's yeah. multiple powers of energy flowing through the three of you instead of you holding it on and maybe reaching out to this person every once in a while because you don't really need the connection that they have you just have them right well it's also it also means you don't have to connect with people as often like in terms of like getting in touch with people all the time so like there might be certain people that i only speak to once or twice a year i don't need to touch base with them every month because as far as they're concerned they're doing monthly work with the people that i introduce them to so they're still yeah. connected back to me in some way yeah so you get a hold of them and say hey how's it going it's like awesome and i don't know whether you've caught up with jay recently but we've been doing this this and this and it's so great thank you so much for the introduction again what can i do for you buddy like how can i help like i want to i want to help you who are you looking for at the moment yeah. and people are Coming, but like I have people go out of their way to come to me to go what can I do for you dude like you keep introducing me to these awesome people who is it that you want to know yeah. and often I just say something like you know what right now I don't know if you come across someone that you think is going to resonate with me introduce them if anybody ever comes to mind I'll ask but honestly right now I'm comfortable with this situation being the way that it is like we'll yeah. just keep doing this and at some point something will come good and what you end up with there is both your paying clients and your network all extremely grateful that you're all doing stuff for them. And every single side of this is like, we love this guy. We love what he's all about. We love what this business does. Yes. And like, that's, that's exciting for me. Like th yeah. that for me is, 
I mean, the other thing is that because we work so much with the investment community, so we do a lot of work with investment banks, private equity, VCs, and we work with their portfolios because obviously we're very good at, like the three things I say we're best at are increased market share, media coverage, and the right funding introductions. They're the three things that we're best at. I'm the, I'm the kind of the strategist to go, great, you've got a great product, a great service, but you're your industry's best kept secret. Here's how we're going to get you to NASDAQ. Here's how we're going to get you to the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. We're going to get you the clients and the market share. So you've got some money. Now let's get you some credibility and some media coverage. Now we've got those two. Let's go and look for the right investors. But one of the, the barriers to entry for me, other than the fact it has to resonate, is I'm a big person when it comes to corporate social responsibility. I want to leave this world a better place than the one I came into. I got two young children. I want to leave the world in a better place for them. So we work with a lot of uh, fintech companies, emerging technology companies, whether that's medical tech, whether that's climate tech, clean tech, green renewables. You know, for me, it's got to be, yes, I'm interested to see if I resonate with you, but I also want to see what impact you're having on the world. If yeah. your impact is just creating wealth for you, I'm not interested. If your impact is going to impact lots of people, then I will roll out the red carpet for you and play my part. Because if me helping that fintech bank to become successful and find the right investors yeah. gives an easy access bank account to 2 billion people worldwide that currently are without a bank account because they live in rural areas or in smaller you know, emerging countries. Yeah. And I've, I've impacted 2 billion people indirectly. So why wouldn't I do that? Of course I'm going to do that. You know, if I can, if I can help the, the, that solar company to understand how they're better going to create that piece of clean tech or climate tech that's going to change the world and make it a better place for my kids and grandkids and furthermore, that's an incredible impact to have. So that's that's where I'm investing my time is trying to empower the people that deserve to be empowered. And it might sound a bit egotistical that I'm the person deciding that, but it's my skills and it's my time. It's my most valuable commodity. So I'm either going to be investing it into somebody that I care about and want to help them grow, or I'm going to be spending it with my family. What I'm not yeah. going to be doing is doing a trade for time and money to help people that I don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, all that, it, all that we're talking about really kind of sums down to really knowing your core values of who you are as a person, what you stand for, what mm. you desire in life, you know, what you want to leave behind. And, yeah. and, and I want to talk about that. What are your core values? I know I, I, I hear family. I know that. Family's a big one. Yes, um, I hear family. But what are your core values within yourself? And then how do you allow yourself to bring them into your, your corporate, uh, your corporate, like, corporatization and the people that you work with? I think the biggest one, I mean, look, there's things like charity and there's things like empowerment and I, and I have a real, I have a real soft spot for helping people from poverty, break out of poverty and start to do wealth generation because that's where I came from. Um, but I think if we were to boil it all down to, to even just one simple factor, it would be like, I am inspired and powered by love. Like, yeah if I love you and love what you do and you love what you do, like we're going to create something really cool. Like I'm not, and, and that's maybe why it's not logical because love isn't logical. 
right? Yeah. It's like you could take your spouse and say, okay, so what is it that they do that you like? I mean, even without talking about the X-rated stuff, you know, you're talking about the things that they do. They care for you. You know, they're there for you. They give you a hug when you're feeling crappy. They'll give you yep. a shoulder rub that, you know, you there's all these things and you could make a logical list. And if I went and found a person to replace them to do all of those things, that doesn't mean you're going to love that person because love isn't logical. It's a feeling, right? Yeah. So that for me is, is my very core. And, and I know that you get the best out of me when I love what I do. So I, I must say it on a daily basis. I love what I do and I love who I do it for. And the day I stop loving it is the day I stop doing it. Oh, I love that. I love, yes. And I'm huge on love. Like I'm one of those people where like, if I see love between people, I'm just like, I get all gushy. <laughs> it's not yeah. even mine. I'm just all like, oh. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm so with you. I mean, lo- love is. It's... I mean, lo- love, love is, and I'm not talking about kind of like the hallmark card love style thing here. I'm talking about you know, this can be love in, in any capacity. This mm-hmm. can be like, I love my football team, right? Yes. There, there aren't many. In fact, I can't think of another scenario where I'd cry in front of uh, thousands of men, where yeah. I would hug random strangers, where I'd yeah. sing in public. You know, I can't think of any occasions when I would do that outside of that sporting environment. And Sometimes I don't love how much of an impact it has on my feeling when they lose, right? Because <laughs> I get really, I really negged out for a bit. I get really like more angry about it than I should. Um, but like, I, I love what that does to sports. I love that, again, there aren't many settings. Like take the World Cup, for example. There aren't many settings where you can get fans from all over the world who share a love for a game who, yeah. you know, years gone by, these countries have been at war and here they are hugging and singing and dancing and drinking and celebrating and sharing stories together. Like yep. show me something else that brings people together that way. Yes. You know? I mean, so for me, it's like love has to be at the core of everything. And I I can't stress that enough. Like if if you don't love what you do, like stop doing it, like go and find something that you do love. Even if that bit of love right now, as we said earlier, is you're in a corporate job and you hate it, right? You don't love it. Go and find a side hustle that you do love because then at least you've got something that you love to target, right? I've got to get through six hours of this job that I hate, but at least I'm going to get to do those two hours of things that I love to do at the end of that day. Yes. Right? So focus on the bits that you love and then what you what the aim is. It doesn't have to be a sudden thing like a, I'm going to resign tomorrow because I've listened to Phil and realized that I hate my job, right? It can be a progressive thing, but yep. you need to set yourself milestones. Like even if it's like once a quarter – look back and say, have, am I now doing more stuff that I love this quarter than I was last quarter? Yeah. And if you keep going in that direction, eventually you will love everything that's going on in your life. And let me tell you a really important reason for that, other than the fact that it's, it's fun and it's energizing. That's when you get to start using your feeling and intuition more, because if you love everything in your life and then something shows up that you don't love, it stands out like a sore thumb. Yes. Right? But at the moment, if you're living a life where actually you only love 10% of the stuff that's going on in your life, it's like wearing blinkers. You can't even tell when you're bringing something else into your life that you don't love to do. Do you see where I'm coming from? Wow. I never even thought of that. That is such... 
that is yeah that is such a great perspective i yeah like you it would when you when you decide to start doing more things that you love and i want to go back to a word that really has stuck uh, stood out and it's come back to you you know setting your times for like your your games that you watch or your, your yeah, events, yeah. Your family time it also sounds like you can do this for creating a job and it sounds like setting non-negotiables it's non-negotiable yeah yes i i i it, it's completely non-negotiable there is no way that i will do something i don't love to do yeah no way yes i've worked really hard to get this frequency up this high i'm not going to do something to drop it again you know, yeah. Like so I, how would somebody, how would somebody that, you know, is used to running on autopilot 10%, you know, feeling happy or doing 10% of their life in play or enjoyment? Yeah. Would you help somebody or what would you say to somebody to help get them moving forward, getting their vibration up so that they do start noticing like, Hey, I actually don't like this. It's just yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, probably a couple of things that I would do that would be sort of practical exercises. Now I'm thinking back to what I did. Um, number one, I like to meditate. So when I meditate, I do something that I call trying on feelings. And, and what that essentially is, is I run through different scenarios in my head whilst meditating and I see how I feel about it. And if that feeling gets me excited and like, yeah, I want to do that, then I know that's the right thing to do. If, if I get a decision, it's like, that really doesn't sit. I can't find somewhere that that sits right in me, no matter how logical it seems. Yeah. Like, it's just not right. I mean, I, 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 I broke up with my ex um, and we were together for like six years. And the reason it happened was because her and her family started to talk to me about marriage and we were ready to like put a deposit down in a house and all this kind of stuff. And I, I kept feeling that like, this doesn't feel right. So I meditated on it more and more and more. And I kept coming up with the same answer this isn't right for me. Like, I don't want to do this. And what I actually said at the time before, because this was before I could just say, I, I wasn't confident enough to just say, oh, it doesn't feel right. I said, like, I don't want to get married. I'm too young. I don't, I don't want to do this. So that was how we ended up, you know, there was a whole lot of drama on top of that as well, which we don't need to talk about. But yeah, um, it, that was essentially the kind of the bottom line of it. Fast forward six months. Uh, I, um, I've met somebody online. Uh, we're chatting on Twitter of all places. Another six months later, I move out to South Africa. And within four months, we're married. Wow. Within a year, we're pregnant with our first child. Um, so it wasn't that I wasn't ready to get married. It was the wrong person. So as soon as I met the right person, it was like, I, I want to do this. And I want to do it all now. Like, I don't care if everybody thinks this is crazy. This is what we're doing. And we've been together for 10 years now. We've got two children. We're very happy. Like we're, we're together for good. Like we, we, I've met my soulmate and yeah. I could have been married to the wrong person if I'd have listened to logic because logically there was no reason for me to break up with my ex. It was just the fact that it didn't fit. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it was easier to stay with her because I loved her family. And when I, when we broke up, I lost her family too, which was really yeah. difficult for me, uh, especially yeah. not having come from a great family scenario myself. Like her mom was practically like my adoptive mom. Like I, I adored this woman. Yeah. Um, in fact, to the point where even though I'd broken up with her daughter, like almost a year before this, when I was flying out from London to South Africa, she came to the airport with me. Oh, her mom wow. Did. And, um, 
I don't know, she came to say goodbye kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, so it's about it's about finding what you resonate with and what you love. So the, the first thing I would say is meditate on it and try on feelings. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. The second thing I would say is communicate with people, right? I love having these, these deep philosophical conversations. Yes. Because what you'll find out about these conversations as well is not just who you're strengthening relationships with and like – you know, when you're speaking to your best friend and you're practically like finishing each other's sentences and there's only things that you two can talk about. Like, yeah. I swear to God, like I, I'm fortunate enough that my best friend actually works in my business with me. I, I brought him over and he, he's with us. Um, but if, if anybody ever read our WhatsApp conversations, I reckon we'd both do jail time. Like the stuff <laughs> that we talk, seriously, like the stuff we talk about is insane. Like I hope WhatsApp never gets hacked because we're in a lot of trouble um, because we can just make the most inappropriate jokes to each other. Um, but at the the end of every night we tell each other that we love each other we send love to our families he's got a wife and daughter i've got a wife and two daughters our families love each other and like our wives will message each other to find out where we are because he's he's not talking to me he's obviously talking to phil and vice versa so if they ever want to know what's wrong with us they'll ask the other wife to see whether they know what's going on um But like, has he spilled the beans yet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he's he's been grumpy for two days. You know what's going on with him? Oh yeah, Jonathan said this, and it's like, oh, so now she knows, right? Um, but that's just the way it is, and and I and I love that because if we if you go and have those conversations with those kind of people, you can be yourself, you can be open, and you'll soon start to learn. Like start talking about stuff. And it's like, hey, dude, you see the cricket? And it's like, no, I I hate cricket, dude. It's boring. I don't like. It. <laughs> And it's like, did you see the Barcelona game? It's like, yeah, man. Did you? And then we'll spend like three hours talking about that. And it's like, okay, so football is still one of those things that I love. I still resonate with it. So I wonder if there's a way that I can incorporate like my love of sports into my side hustle. Like, because then not only am I going to make money from it, but I'm going to really love it. Like I'll talk about this for free. So if I can find a way of making money to do it, like that's going to be fun. Right. Yeah. And that's how you do it. And it could be the most bizarre thing. Like your thing might be stamp collecting or you're a big World War II buff and just nerd out about it all the time. Fine, right? There's loads of ways of making money to do with that. Like tons and tons of ways of making money. Um, Get involved. Like just, just take the action. Like somebody said to me a phrase many years ago and it's the universe rewards action, not thought. Right? I like that. And for me that really resonated with me don't just sit and think about it get on with it do it even if you don't know what the step four looks like you've only got step one two and three taken fine it may well just be that those three steps take you a little bit further up the hill that you can now see step four five and six yeah but you may not be able to see it from where you are right now like i never had any idea that billionaires in boxes would be what it is today no idea in fact the name billionaires in boxes was a joke it wasn't even a real name um it was when we got taken for our first tv series we needed a name for the show and everything i suggested they hated like they really really hated okay Um, (laughs) and i just started getting funny with it and i was like how about billionaires in boxes because i grow global empires from home and i rarely put on pants yeah and it was like that's quite funny we should use that and i was like i was joking and it's like no it's really funny we'll use it and the (laughs) show became such a success that people started to recognize us as the billionaires in boxers people even before they knew our names so 
what we did was we did a complete rebrand of the business to billionaires in boxes. And I have to be honest, it doesn't matter whether I'm speaking to a, a startup entrepreneur, you know, an investment bank that's managing a portfolio of a couple of hundred million, couple of billion, whether it's a governmental person, whether it's a TV person, everybody loves that name. Everybody yes. says it's such a cool name. Like, where did it come from? Yeah. And I, just, I always wanted to say it was me taking the piss. You know, like I was, I was joking. Right. Um, <laughs> And people find that funny as well because it's like actually that's cool because you've grown this this big business and and now it just captures your sense of humor all the time. Yeah. And I was like, but I love that. Like I love the name. I love the fact that it's the sense of humor. I love the fact that it means something different to everybody else, which is why I will never do anything within this business that I don't love. Yeah. Because the whole yeah. thing is built on that love, right? So there's there those two steps to so do the meditate and try on feelings have conversations with people and see what you're all about. But then the other thing I really think you should do is, you know, go and try stuff. Like, don't be afraid to try new things. Like get yourself out there. Yes. Start doing stuff. You know, you don't be, and you would be surprised. And I promise you, you'll be surprised at how many people would quite freely give you information just because you ask. Right. Yeah. LinkedIn is this incredible resource, right? You can find people doing absolutely anything and everything on LinkedIn. You know, if you find someone that's doing something really interesting that you think that job would be so cool, like I wish I could do that or that business looks amazing. I wonder if I can do that. Don't be afraid to message somebody and say, can I just say your profile? Like if my profile looked like yours, I would be so happy. Like, Mm. do you mind if I asked you a couple of questions about like how you got into this line of work and what you do? And at worst, you're going to get some answers and some advice. At best, you've made a new connection in a field that excites you and gets you somewhere. And who knows, that person might say, actually, I know a couple of people who are looking for interns at the moment, or I know someone that's actually looking for some part-time help. Maybe you could go and help them and learn the ropes a little bit. And before you know it, now you're in that community. Yeah, yes, yeah. That honestly, that's kind of like my podcast. When I first started, I went for probably almost a year doing podcasts, kind of more solo episodes, asked my close like group of people that I knew to come on as guests. But then once I kind of ran out, I got nervous of asking. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, okay. So then I just paused my podcast. I was got like oh, that. Bless like, you. Ah. But then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to start asking people that I feel resonation with to Absolutely. join my podcast. And the worst they're going to say is no. Absolutely. And once I got comfortable with them saying no, I got thinking, you know what? I switched my attitude. You know what? It's a no for now, because one day my podcast is going to be big and you're going to want mm-hmm. to be coming to ask me. It's a to great attitude. It's a great it's attitude. <laughs> let me give you a, let me give you a little pointer. I reckon you can still use today. Right. And I, and I love this technique. It worked for me for many, many years. Probably not so much anymore, because if I'm honest, we probably get a couple of hundred requests a week. So I kind of don't. It's more vetting the people that we get now rather than asking. Although I still ask from time to time, if I'm honest. Um, I take the pressure out of them saying a yes or a no. And what I do is I will message somebody and I'll say, Hey, I really, I came across your profile. I really resonated with it. It looks really cool. Do you know anybody who would be good to come on my podcast? And what happens there is they usually go, yeah, me. Like I'd love to do it, dude. Like I'm, I'm well up for that. Right. On other times they'll go, 
uh, yeah, actually, I know a couple of people who are quite big in the podcast scene that are good friends of mine. Let me introduce you to them. So yeah. even the no's turn into recommendations. I it's like, like take, taking it from an open question to a closed question, right? Don't ask them, will you come on my podcast? Yes or no. I mean, I know you wouldn't word it that way, but don't, don't give them an opportunity to say yes or no. Give them an opportunity to say, who do you know that would be good for my podcast? Yeah. And if they want to do it, they'll volunteer themselves. If they don't, they'll recommend you to other people. Usually both. They'll go, oh. Oh, yeah, me. And let me introduce you to a couple of other people as well. That is so smart. Thank you for that. That is amazing. You're welcome. That is amazing. Uh, I, that's how I grew and sold those two sports podcasting networks. I would message players and say, who do you know that I should talk to? And if they had something, they, you know, some of them would say, I'd be up for it. I've just launched a new charity. I'd love to talk about that. Others would kind of come back and say, you know, thanks for asking. Actually, yeah, I do know a couple of people. You know, what do you think about speaking to this person? And I've got this coach as well that I want you to speak to. I'm a bit of an introvert, so it's probably not for me, but let me introduce you to these people. And either way, I've still strengthened the relationship with them. Because then what I do is I'd go back to that player and say, thanks for those two introductions. Here's the episodes. Would you mind sharing it out for me? Yeah. And because they'd introduced me to those people and they were their friends, they share it out. So now it's three people sharing out the content, which is further increasing the reach. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, the power of connection is just, oh, it's phenomenal. Uh, it is. I so want to stress this, right? If, if people don't take anything else away from this podcast, take away my motto, right? Which other than your vibe attracts your tribe, but that's more of my mantra, right? <laughs> take away my motto, which is the power is not in the audience. It's in the networking. Yes, 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 yes. I want to, I want to dive in because you do, you have a, like you said, like your business is huge and you're well recognized, but that must come with some struggle. It must've come with some ups and downs and, you know, some oops, maybe mm -hmm. not going that way. Let's redirect. Mm -hmm. How were, because you are a feeling person, how do you deal with those feelings? Do you feel that you feel those more because you went into it with such a, uh, yeah, I love this. And then it didn't turn out. Like, how do you reverse or yeah, it's, it's, your passion and your growth mm, to want to keep going within your feelings and intuitions when sometimes it might not have, you know, played out for you? It's a good question. I don't want to say I'm unique with this because I'm not, but I've definitely developed a, a mindset that really kind of helps me with this, which is I, I don't believe in coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidence. Um, and I also believe that life often will give me a situation or an experience because I need to learn a lesson. I need to learn something from that that's then going to help me get to the next stage. So there is no such thing as a failure for me. There's things that didn't work out. But that was because I needed to learn something from that that's gonna, then going to be useful when I open up a door later down the line that's going to be really productive. Yeah. Um, so if I'm feeling, you know what, like a great, I use a great example, okay? Um, we had a side of our business, which was podcast uh, publishing. So we would actually do the production for people. Um, and it was causing me nothing but headaches nothing okay. but headaches right so i closed it down because it no longer felt right so i literally overnight my team weren't very happy because there was about 30 grand's worth of revenue a month that just went down the toilet and it was like i don't want to do it it's finished gone we'll finish yeah. out the contracts that are done we're adding nobody else we'll we'll see out the contracts it's finished it's, it's done um in fact the ones that were left i actually went to them and said i would rather do podcast publicity for you in exchange for the money that you've already paid than do your podcast production is that okay 
Some said yes, some said no, but I did everything I could to get rid of it because when it didn't feel right, it, every minute I was spent doing it wasn't the right area for me to be. Yes. However, however, even, I mean, I imagine there's more to come from this, but even even immediately from there, um, the first thing that have to, there's two things that I can tell you that happened immediately from that. So the first one was, I now understand podcast production far more than ever before because we did it as a side of our business. And about a month or two ago, somebody came to me and tried to sell me production services. And I said, thank you, but no, thank you. You know, it was actually one of the things that we did. And he said, I'm really struggling to win clients. I've only got like five or six clients. Like, would, do you have any advice for me? Cause I can see what you do. Like, I'd love your input. I gave him some advice. I told him what I did. He's now gone and won 20 clients, which is more than enough for his small business. He's, he's now absolutely swimming. But two of those he's introduced to me and they're now paying me a retainer for their publicity side of things. So it's already like even what I learned has already produced this. Right. Yeah. And actually, two of the clients that I worked with doing the production for their podcast, I learned so much from them and their podcast that that's actually helped me add maybe hundred hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of revenue so far to our bottom line just because i learned things from them that i've now implemented i've learned things from them that i now share with my clients that makes them more successful and makes them appeal to more people so there is no such thing as a wasted opportunity like sometimes people will take the attitude of you know why did that happen to me And actually it didn't happen to you. It happened for you. And the annoying thing with this is it's going to happen again. If you don't learn the lesson, it's going to keep showing up. There's a reason that people keep getting into bad relationships. It's because you're not learning what the universe needs you to learn to get to that next stage. So it's going to keep giving it you until you eventually learn that lesson. Yes. Yes. So for me, it's just, it's not, there's no such thing as a failure. Like I either learn, I, I learn, earn or grow. There's, there's no such thing as a failure. Oh, I see. I, I see you adding that in there. I like that. Learn, earn and grow. <laughs> That's good. I like that. It, it boils down to kind of like one of, one thing that popped up to me is when, when you were talking about, you know, ending your production part of your company and it was kind of just like an overnight thing. You're like, yeah, no, I'm not putting it in. It's understanding and being aware of what brings like internal suffering, because when you're internally suffering with what you're doing or how you're showing up in life or because of what you're having to feel forced to do, you don't, like you said, you don't produce what you could. And then it's a fail. Well, it's not a fail, but it's a loss for both of you guys, because Mm -hmm. you're putting all this energy in and it's not an energy that you enjoy carrying around or that you enjoy putting out to the world. And yet you are asking somebody to take it because they're just saying, Hey, I want you to do this. Like you said, just say no, facing the consequences of having a couple of teammates, a little upset with you because maybe things were they were only upset for a couple of days and then even they realized it was better off for them in the long term too. I mean, the the funny thing was it was actually one client out of all the clients that we were working with that kind of brought this on. Um, He was going through a bit of a tough time in his business and um, I was trying more and more to give him advice, but you know, it's like sometimes when people are in that place, they, they, they have to be ready for the advice, right? It's not just about me giving the advice. They have to be ready to actually action it. So, but because they were in a state of panic, they weren't there. So what ended up happening was, you know, we actually ended up having 
a number of arguments on the phone. I don't remember the last time I had an argument with somebody, but he kind of ended up shouting it. And he was only doing so because he was frustrated and he was upset. Not, not even with me, just with his situation at that time. Yeah. And I actually remember thinking like, I don't, I don't want to get shouted at. That's really losing my frequency. So maybe I should just get rid of him as a client was the first thought. And then I spoke to him and I said, I'm worried that this, like, I like you and we're friends, right? I mean, we're friends now. We've been working together. This is going to ruin our friendship because if if you keep talking to me like that and I keep feeling this frustrated about you, it's going to ruin our friendship. And actually our friendship is more important to me than your dollars, right? So I'd rather just say to you, dude, I don't want to work with you anymore. I want to play golf with you, but I don't want to work with you. Um, And I, I, I started to kind of, let him down from that process and say kind of off you go kind of thing and even then like he was somebody who came to me and said actually you know i've got something going on in the business so i want to take a break for six to eight weeks and then we'll push up and catch up later so during that break i was like well that's the universe's way of saying to me i wanted a break he's just given me a break i'm gonna take it it's not you know it is what it is so let's deal with it now yeah Um, because, you know, it gives him time to go and fix it during a time that we, he would have been having a break anyway. And again, I recommended him to people who could still produce this stuff for him. Yeah. Um, it's like, there you go. There's someone else to do it. I, I just don't want to be the person to do it. I'm not leaving you high and dry. I just don't want to be the dude. But the more I thought about it, I was like, I, I've let him go and I still don't feel good about this. Like, I, there's still something that's not right. And I thought it was that relationship with him. And the more I thought about it, it was the, the, he just highlighted that I did that, that that aspect of my business was the bit that I liked the least. So what, but the the problem with me is uh, maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's a gift. Who knows? Once I've seen that, I can't go back. Yeah. Like once I've realized that that's what's happening, there is no way that I will allow myself to continue to do that. I mean, literally it was about two o'clock in the morning and I, where I am and I emailed every single person in my team and said, I don't want one more person signed up for the production side. No more. It's being closed down. I want a team meeting tomorrow afternoon. We're going to talk about how we're going to start seeing out these contracts, how it is we need to let people know. I don't want to leave anybody high and dry. So I'm going to get a list together of production people globally at different pricing ranges that can do these services that we can recommend people to but i don't want to do this anymore yeah it's like having an awareness of self boundaries and and what you'll allow yourself to do and and where you're feeling yourself going over or Mm -hmm. an employer's going over a business partner's going over whether they're meaning to or knowing that they're doing it because maybe like you said it's just something that you have eventually have lost passion for because maybe yep. something else has has caught your eye and your you, your passions elsewhere well um, it could even just be that i learned the lesson i was supposed to learn right so yes. it's no it no longer it no longer need it doesn't fit my life anymore because i've learned that lesson so i don't need to be there anymore so now it, it you know it's like liking it to a university right you're in a college you're in a course you're studying once you've learned it if they made you go back and do that class again next semester you'd be like this is boring i don't want to be here i already know all this stuff right so it's the same thing so now it's like what's next what's the next level okay i've passed i've passed advanced what's next right because i've done that bit now so it's about being able to recognize in your life that if things keep showing up over and over again it's because there's a lesson in there that you haven't learned yet um, you know, if you aren't finding the right opportunities, if opportunities aren't presenting themselves to you, it's because you're networking with the wrong people and you need to introduce more people into your life. And it's if you can keep that in mind and always know that that it's there's something else going on externally here. There's a higher power than this. 
you know, to you that could be God, the universe, karma, fate, call it whatever you want. I really don't law of attraction, call it whatever yeah. the hell you want. Right. Yeah. But it's, there is something beyond you and yeah. we need to start recognizing you know some of the signs like we're good at noticing them like i'm gonna stop eating because i'm feeling full like we get that feeling but yet we'll continue to put ourselves in the same situation that's painful emotionally over and over again without realizing there's something we need to learn about this yes yeah i love that it's uh, it brings it makes me think of a couple of things that like within reoccurring situations i'm always saying that to people is like I, I was actually talking to one of my friends and it was about relationships. She, she messaged me saying, can you tell me that I'm a good person? Like, why am I, why are these happening? And I, I asked her a question and I just said, you know, what, what are you expecting from somebody? Like what, do, and she wrote it. And I asked, simply asked her, I said, are you giving yourself these or are you showing up yourself this way? for yourself yeah and she's like no and i said well how do you expect someone else to show up that way or to present themselves in a certain way that shows you how you are expecting a a love or a relationship or a connection to go within your life if you're not doing that yourself you're so right you're so so right i mean i i use the, the analogy a lot in business when i'm saying if you don't value your time no one else is going to yeah like it has to start with you and love is another one right you can't expect somebody else to love you if you're not showing yourself that same self love in yep. fact the irony is you will have a hep- happier healthier stronger relationship when you no longer need a relationship yes and you don't need somebody to give you that love i'm fine on my own i love myself i love my life i'm happy i love my friends i love my family that's yep. when the right person shows up yes right yes. not when you're kind of out there going i need love somebody please love me because then what you do is you leave yourself open to people who are going to prey on you the people who you know to you this is the start of a loving relationship to them this is somewhere to sleep in some sex you know and and it's not it's not the same thing and and you're both coming from different places the attitude that you want to take is individually we would be fine on our own but together we're better as a collective yes so if if you're not at that point yet you've got to start with it's got to start with you you've got to be absolutely fine to be you and be happy and and love's an interesting one isn't it so's relationships but it's a you know, do you even want somebody who's going to love this version of you? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if this version of you is unhappy, unhealthy, overweight, you know, do you want someone who loves that person? Because what happens when you get happy, healthy, and fit, they're not going to love you anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, So you have to be the person that you want them to love. Yeah. And then that person will show up when you're that person. Yeah. And, and really that goes for, like you said, all relationships, friendships, business relationships, anything you have to show up as the business partner that you hopefully are going to reciprocate and get back when you are going into it, into a partnership and when you're working with another company or anything like that. A great one to look at and and it's friends and business people is a good one to look at for this rather than the, the kind of relationship thing, but friends and business partners, right? We, we, I'm sure we can all think about times. I mean, you should probably do this now as I'm talking about it, right? We can probably think of five to 10 times that we have messaged a friend or a business partner to ask for advice or have a conversation, right? Like just, yep. can you help me with this? This is what I want. Hey, can you do me a favor? This kind of stuff, right? 
Yes. Can you honestly say that you've done that the same amount of times the other way to message them and say, hey, dude, how's it going? Like, how's your week? Everything okay? Like, can you honestly say that you've shown up to provide as much support to them as as you're expecting them to show to you? You see what I'm saying? I personally, I personally believe that I do. But I also, like you, I like to say that I'm a very rare person. I think that I, because I enjoy that, when Mm. people do that to me, I really try and reciprocate it back because I know that though there's been some really pivoting points where I never reached out and I should have, and somebody's just popped into my message or being like, Hey, I'm just thinking of you. And uh, I want to know how you're doing. How are things? And I'm like, whoa whoa the the universe has mm. somehow sent them my energy of needing some sort of resource some sort of outlet and i'm not asking for it so they're putting them there for me and i know mm. that that has helped me and it's been a lesson that i learned i learned that lesson through those times so now i'm like if i can if I'm thinking of someone or I scroll through somebody and I haven't messaged or talked to them, I really do try and now I'm not perfect. There's mm-hmm. more certain people I do it more to than others, which I should work on, but I'm also it's, human. It's, it's quantum <laughs> entanglement, right? It, it, that's yeah. what it is. And, and once you get that feeling, it's like, I always tell people as well, never ignore that feeling even for like a few hours. Right? So if you get a feeling in the middle of the night that like, I haven't messaged her for a while. I should drop her a message. You've got that energy for a reason. Worst yeah. case scenario, you're going to wake them up and they're going to say, dude, what are you texting me at three in the morning for? I'll talk to you in the morning. But whatever it is, like if you're showing up from a place of love, like I, I do this with my friends all the time because I work crazy hours. So they'll get like a text message from me at like three in the morning to say, hey, bro, uh, just wanted to let you know I'm thinking of you. You're probably sleeping now. Hope you're having a good week. Um, we need to catch up at some point. Let me know how it's going. And, and the the amount of times that I'll get like a half sleepy message going, yeah, dude, love you too. I'll speak to you tomorrow. But that person has just been given a virtual hug from me. That's yeah. me saying to them in the middle of the night, listen, you're asleep, but I'm thinking of you, you know? Yeah. And that's a special feeling. So when people do that to you, it's, it's a nice, you get a message and someone says, how are you doing? Right. We have this thing here and you'll probably start to see it soon, but it was about male mental health and it was called ask twice. So it was called, so, and the reason it's called ask twice is because you say, Hey dude, how are you? And the first response is, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Right? Yep. So the next question is no, really? How are you? So you ask it twice because then they'll go, yeah, you know, it's been a bit of a crappy week and I've got this going on and this going on and you know, this is happening. And then you just listen and then you give it, maybe give a bit of advice back. And it's like, no, dude, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I just got it off my chest a little bit. I, you know, problem shared is a problem halved. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Um, so it's that ask it twice is really, I do that with my friends all the time. It's like, Hey dude, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Like, how are you really? And it's like, no, I'm really fine. Like everything's going pretty well. It's like, all right, it's good. Cause that, that second ask is giving you permission, right? Yeah. Because especially with men of my generation, you know, if you said, Hey, how you doing? It's like, yeah, you know, the wife's nagging and works crap. And it's like, dude, I wasn't really asking. It was like an expression. Don't give me all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. get too emotional with me. So now it's like the second ask gives them permission to go. No, really? Like I'm really asking, like, tell me, 
tell me what's yeah, going on. I really want to hear. I'm not yeah. just saying that. Yeah, I'm not just, it's not like, a, yeah, hey, how, how's it going? Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, because you, you, all you want is somebody to say good or fine, you know, one word answer at that point. Well, uh, it, it's funny because we do that and you could, t- here's a perfect example. We do that. Hey, how are you? So often that we even do it when we're crossing people's path. And it's like, yeah. how are we ever going to hear that person's answer? <laughs> yeah. We're, hey, we're how are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't really care. But we do it because it's just like, it's a, a sentence that has been just kind of integrated into our mind that when we see somebody or a brain resonates a face to just ask how they are, even though we don't really sometimes care. What Sta- stand, standard response in South Africa is when somebody, because that's a, a common thing there is as well. They'll say, how are you? And you say, good and you. Right? It's literally like, it's all, it's so close. It's one word, like good and you, <laughs> right? And, and then they'll go good and then, and then they'll carry on. So it's not even like, they're not even really asking. Like if you, if you responded anything other than good and you, they'd probably be like, what's wrong with this dude? Like I wasn't really asking. Turn around, um, walk away. <laughs> yeah. Like, like just walk past each other. Right. But it, but it is, isn't it? It's about, it's about that. What's the, what's the saying? Do unto others as you'd have done to you, you know? Yes. And it, it, like, if yeah. you would want them to really ask and really care about the answer, then you should really ask and really care about the answer. Yes. Yes. And it, and I find, and it comes back to love. Yeah, when, 100%. When, you, when you, when you are doing a, like when you were doing things out of a place of love and doing it because it brings you love within yourself for who you are, what you're doing, who you stand for, but it also is allowing others to feel love. Mm-hmm. And then not only feel love, but to understand love within themselves and to stand in love within them. That Absolutely. is where I really love connecting people is to not only just give them love and let them feel my love, but help them understand their own love within them and how powerful it is. And when you really ignite that and you use it, you, you move mountains and, and the impact yeah. and the value that you that you then give to the world is just so much more like you said on a higher level it's just a higher Mm. vibrancy but that's where like love is so powerful and and for me like taking it back to business it's like what you might love is writing right so what you could do is you could love what you're doing with the writing but you're going to do that for somebody who that then unlocks the next level of their business and they love their business. Or it might just be that it unlocks the next level of financial freedom for them. So they get to spend time with their wife and kids, which they love or husband and children, yeah. whatever, or your brothers, sisters, whatever. It really doesn't matter. Like it gives them the ability to unlock that next level of love in their life. And because they're loving what they do, they're now doing that for other people. So you have the, how powerful is that? You have the ability through doing something that you you love to do to create this massive global ripple effect of everybody getting to do something that they love to do that's powerful it is it's it's wild uh speaking of things that you love to do what is next for you where are you wanting to go where are you wanting to take your business how are you wanting to bring more value to the world and to entrepreneurs because you're on a mission to empower one billion entrepreneurs like, how are you tackling that? How are you doing that? I want to know. So there's probably a couple of answers to that because the, 
the, there's a few things that I do know and the rest I'm leaving up to life. And, and, and that's the thing, because if you have too much of a roadmap, you get blinkered to different opportunities. So the universe is still putting things in my path that allows me to do this. And it becomes clearer and clearer all the time. Um, the, one of the targets I do know I have, in fact, I'll share two of them with you. One of them's a bit more personal. Um, one of the ones that I do want to have is I want to be the world's most recognizable broadcasting brand for businesses. So I want a TV network globally that is just business content and is allowing people to showcase what they do, help empower others. This could be to talk about their services. This could be to talk about their experience. It's essentially like a mentorship network, right? Taking people in their life's work so that they can come on and share it through content to empower other people. Wow. That that gets me out of bed and that excites me. And we're, we're well on the way to do that. Well, well on the way to do that. Wow. Um, the other one I want to do, and this is still sort of a work in progress because I don't even quite know how this is going to happen yet. It's something I know through my meditating and through intuition and some other stuff. There's a school at some point. There's a school that combines business and spirituality. Oh. Um, I don't know what that is yet. It might even be like just a, a school for retreats where people will come and they'll kind of work on the, their business knowledge and their spiritual connection. I'm not quite sure what that is yet, but I know it's coming. I know it's on the cards and I'm already, I'm meeting people already. You know, I, I'll give you a fun example. Um, I had a name for it and I wrote this name down a few years ago and I, and I called it the spiritual school for entrepreneurs. Um, and I was like, that's, that's going to be a part of something. Anyway, I was chatting with somebody a few weeks ago that I was introduced to by a friend of mine and she's a, a spiritual coach and she's a medium. And she said, can I tell you my biggest dreams? And I don't know why, even know why I'm sharing this, but I feel compelled to. I said, sure. She said, I want to be involved in a school. Like, said, and I can see myself being involved. She said, it's on my vision board. She got her vision board. And at the top of her vision board was written the words school for spiritual entrepreneurs, spiritual school for entrepreneurs. And she, she wrote that down about five, six years ago. And I was like, oh, I have to show you something. So I showed it to her and she was like, I knew that it wasn't my school. I knew I was involved with other people to do with a school. And she was like, I need to introduce you to a friend of mine because they've got this vision um, of how they're going to do this with particular buildings. And I said, yeah, in my mind, I see this being like a monastery or like an old church so that we can use the big central congregation area for group meditations. And she said, I've got goose pimples. That's what they're talking about designing. They're an architect who's designed how we convert a monastery, how to do that. So you know, stuff like that is just like, I don't know when that happens. I don't even know how that happens, but I know it's, it's coming. Right. Oh, and, that's so mind blowing. That is. And so when cool. stuff like that happens, I know like all the stuff that's happening in my life right now, I know it's either to facilitate me to get to that next level or to teach me something that I need so that when I get there, it can be a success. So I, I, I trust the process. I trust the universe. I trust the fact that I don't need to know what the next 10 years looks like because uh, you know, trusting the process has, has led me very well so far. I'm very happy and very successful. Um, I absolutely love what I do. I love who I do it for. I love the fact that I have so many great people working with me and for me and around me. And I just kind of trust the process. So if I, if I, if I keep my job as I see it is to keep in that frequency of love and keep in that positive place. And if I keep doing the things that I need to do to keep me there, the giving back, the networking, the empowering people, the universe will take care of the rest. I don't need yes. to know what's coming. I trust it. 
Yes, it's there's a saying, and I don't know who exactly says it, but it's if you help enough people get what they want, you they will in return give you all that you need. That's a and really I, good point. And it's so true. And there's a couple of things. My mind's trying to put like a statement kind of like verse together that has kind of like summarized. It's like your person that is like either learning through a, a season of struggle, I would say something yeah. that maybe is struggling or maybe trying to throw off your, your vibrancy or your frequency, you're either learning or you're very open to clues. So yes. it's like you're always, you're either, okay, I'm taking this clue. Oh, maybe it's a lesson that needs to be learned in that clue. Or, oh, this is a clue. And look at all the success, mm -hmm. happiness, love that is now growing beyond what I even imagined because I took this clue. Absolutely. I just, I, I believed in it. I trust the process. It was like a little thing like, hey, coming over here. And you grabbed it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I like to say, I look for solutions, not problems. Yes, I like that. Like a lot of people will kind of look at it and be like, why is this happening to me? I'm going, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? There's there's yeah. something in this that I'm supposed to be picking up on. Yes. Because um, not everything in my life has been positive. In fact, there's been plenty of times that have been really negative, but every I can guarantee you that every single one of them I look back on now, I can see what I learned. Yeah. And it's important and it's important to want to learn that lesson because like like we've said in the conversation, if you don't, yeah. it keeps showing up. It does it, and it I will. find that's when you're really living in an internal suffering because you're just like you're you're constantly doing the exact same things on autopilot doing mm. the exact getting the exact same results the, th the, the, the final thing i want to say on this because i think it will help people is uh, is raise the bar right you, you deserve more so raise the bar and then start to look for the things that are showing up in your life that fall below that and see whether you need to learn from it or let it go I love that. I love that. That is so good. Okay. I have just two more questions for you. Yeah, ask away. Where can my listeners find you okay. and they get connected? Yeah. The best place to connect with me is uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, but actually what I would suggest is I'll share these links with you afterwards. So check out the show notes below. Um, and there'll be two links, one to billionairesinboxes.com and one to the billionairesinboxes.com starter package. If you've resonated with what I've said, I mean, do us both a favor. If you've listened to this and think this guy's a loon, don't message me because we won't enjoy working together. <laughs> but if you've resonated with what I'm saying and it's like, okay, he clearly knows something. I want him to help plug me and help me grow my business. Starter Pack is where everybody starts. It's a four-week program. We see whether we resonate well together. Go check that out. See what it's like. And if it fits, then we'll have a conversation and, and we'll learn more about each other. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Alrighty, my final question for you is what is your perspective on positivity? That it's a choice. Yes. Um, positivity isn't something that you find, it's something that you aspire to. And then once you have it, it's like spinning the plates, right? You've got to keep that plate spinning, you've got to take the action, you've got to keep it doing. It's not something you're going to find by accident. Um, you want to be positive. You want to have more positivity in your life. Take more positive actions. And, you know, we've given you so many clues in this discussion today as to how you can do that, you know, pay it forward. You can, you can create positivity in your life by, you know, 
next time you pass that homeless person on the street, buy them some food, you know, go and get them a pair of shoes, you know, and I don't, I'm not talking about record it and put it on YouTube or those kind of people either. Um, you know, if I could give to charity and nobody ever know it was me, I would do that because I bank more positive karma. Yeah. So start thinking about the things that you can do for people that you never want any gratitude for. Uh, I'll give you a couple of little ones that, that I, I always like to do. When you're buying food in a takeaway place or like a fast food place or, or any kind of shop, leave some additional money behind the counter and say, pay the next person's thing for them. I do it on the petrol stations and gas stations as well. It's like, here's mine and pay for the next person that comes in. So I've already driven off the forecourt before they even know I've done it. Yeah. Right? Because then that's paying it forward. If it's not a monetary thing right now, give your time, you know, talk to people, be there, message people, check in with them, see how they're doing. Head onto Facebook groups and give people some advice who are looking for answers that you already have. There are so many things that you can do to boost that internal positivity. And the universe will see you good and, and, and will take good care of you. But you have to take the action. You, you must yes. take that action. Oh, that just fired me up. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that answer. That is, yes, 100% true. Positivity is a lot of action. It's it's finding and, and creating that happiness. I saw a meme and it's a little person holding a jar and it's this happiness. And the other person's like, where did you find that? And it's like, I created yeah. it myself. absolutely it's so true it really is and what one person's version of happiness is not another person's version of happiness so you've got to you've got to find what that is for you make a choice and then take the action and you won't regret it yes well phil thank you so very much for joining me on the positive spark plug podcast i had such a blast chatting with you i learned so much i love your energy i love your vibe Thank you for doing all that you're doing to make such a positive impact in the world, to really, truly make such massive waves within people's lives and really showing them that, you know, anything is possible when it comes from love and and when they are truly wanting it, they can create it and they can do it. And the connection that you just give to the world and bring to the world through your, your, your business is just phenomenal. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being you and and all that you do. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. And thanks so much for being here. And I really hope that people have taken a lot away from this. Yes. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode just as much as I did, and I hope you take away something and implement it into your own life. If you like this episode, please let us know by tagging us on the socials. On Instagram, it's at Phil Pelletia. I hope I say that correct. It's at P-H-I-L-P-E-L-U-C-H-A. And for myself, it's at Spark Plug Wellness. Share it with friends. Share it with anybody who you think might enjoy it or might take away something from it. And also rate and review the podcast. It truly does get the value of my guests out to more listeners. And it lets me know that I am on the right track. It is now time to go out and do something and be positive.